You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. We're alongside my wife, Pam, each and every week. Yeah, welcome to December. And Thanks to chaos. the loyal listeners that are the SMR Nation, mm-hmm. we get a chance to speak to what is going on in people's lives, in marriages, and sex lives, and relationships, it's just all across the board, mm-hmm. in hopes that all of them will be fantastic, mm-hmm. and all of them will be good, because... Everybody faces issues and struggles and hang-ups and hurts and different right. things. So, And if you're not fantastic today, hopefully you're on your way, right? Because the whole thing's a journey. It is all a process and a journey. And the way we want to help you is you help us by calling in at 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Ask us the questions that are on your mind or the topics or the issues that we haven't addressed or we haven't addressed well enough. Mm-hmm. And we'll go there. Yeah. We'll, we'll answer the questions. I, you know what? I, on the, we hear struggles and we want to answer those kinds of things. I just thought I'm off my head, you know, what are some of your wins too? And those are things that other people might like to hear as well. It's totally. Things that work for you. We have little segments where we like to share the things that work too. Totally. And, that out there. And, and speaking of what are your wins, we also want to ask for a personal mm-hmm. favor uh, because Pam, you and I, we're coming up on 500 episodes a couple weeks from now. High five. Absolutely. So uh, that's quite an accomplishment to think of each and every week yeah. behind the microphone, um, nine years and going. 500 episodes almost. This one is 498, so we're two weeks away, but we want to prep for that. And the way is we want to ask the members of the SMR Nation to call in 214-702-9565. Leave us a quick message of just celebration and praise Mm -hmm. and how the show has impacted you, what you've seen, um, just anything that comes to mind from from this journey together. Yeah, we want to hear your wins. Yes, we want to hear. We want this to be about you because this has also always been about the SMR Nation, mm-hmm. right? This is not just about Corey and Pam. Um, and so uh, we're going to try to have a celebratory show as well as some other stuff that'll mm-hmm. go on that I've already got in mind. But one of the things is we want your voices and we want your words. And so two one four seven zero two nine five six five. The the messages have to be less than three minutes. Uh, make them brief. Uh, just share your wins and share mm-hmm. your journeys and your your successes. Or if, if you want to, you can also email us feedback at sexymergeradio dot com. Yeah, we can uh, read them. We will gladly read them. But uh, we want to celebrate with you, and so we are personal invitation to you to join us in this celebration. So you've got like a week and a half from when this show airs mm-hmm. uh, to get them in. Mm-hmm. Before we get a chance to record that number at number five hundred episode, because we'll push it till. Right towards the the window, if we can, to, right <laughs> to make that happen. So, one other thing that's worth noting uh, for the SMR Nation, especially for those of you in the SMR Nation, that uh, maybe you are a last minute shopper. Mm-hmm. 
Dennis Merkus, our friend. Oh, yes. The man from Down Under. Yes. Are we talking about Melt? Yes. The guy, mm. the creator of Melt, which is the couple's massage courses. He has a special last minute gift idea sale, flash mm-hmm. sale going on right now. And so okay. if you find yourself wondering, what can I get my spouse that uh, would be really beneficial, mm-hmm. not only for them, because I mean, come on, given the gift of a great massage. But it's great for both of you. But it's great for you. You, yeah. were, go- you were right where I was heading well, with that. And we love Dennis. He's always been such a great partner with totally. the show and want to give him a shout out and want to help support this because we think it's a great product for um couples totally to enjoy it's a great it's a great little lots of value add in it and um i think it's a great product totally so if you are wondering what can i it's last minute what i what can i do well we've got the gift for you so if you want to take advantage of this special offer go to smrnation.com forward slash melt xmas that's x-m-a-s Mm-hmm. And it'll take you straight to where the sale's going on, and you can take advantage of not only giving a great gift if you're trying to figure out what you're going to do last minute, but you can also get your hands on your spouse in a really good way. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a conversation that I got to have with a, a guest that's been on before, but it's been several years mm-hmm. since Dr. Steven Snyder has been on the on this show with us, and he's the author of Love Worth Making. Mm-hmm. Right, and he's a fun just knowledgeable therapist up in uh, the New York area. Mm -hmm. And he's a sex therapist and male, which makes him a smaller minority uh, in the field. Uh, There's not a lot of us. Okay. (laughs) It's mainly female. Uh, And so he and I... Isn't that ironic? We say the women are typically the lower desire. That's the stereotype. But you're saying that more of the sex therapists are women. More of the therapy field and the service industry is women well, in therapy general. Field, yes, so, I was just curious. Okay, so statistically Sorry, I di- speaking, I no, digress. that's fine. <laughs> but so he and I, so in the archives uh, is our, the episode I did with him on his book "Love Worth Making," and mm-hmm. we kind of talk some of it about throughout about his book throughout this conversation. But this is really just more of a conversation about all things sex, mm-hmm. and mainly maybe we're doing it wrong, mm. and so it's kind of a fun conversation. Okay. And coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. Continue the conversation with Dr. Steven Snyder, where we get into the concept of how does good communication actually ruin sex? Okay, that's a good tease. Absolutely. (laughs) So all that's coming up on today's show. So today, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the show Dr. Steven Snyder, who you may not remember this, Steven, but you were on uh, August of 2018, you know, eons ago, before right. pandemic, when life kind of had a normalcy, yeah. and now we're anything but. But it's so great to have you back on the air with me. Thank you so much, Corey. And Steven has a book, Love Worth Making, um, which is a fabulous read. I highly recommend it. Uh, he's not, he's not paying me for that by no. any means. Uh, but Steven, so last time you were on here, we, we kind of unpacked parts of your book and just kind of went through it. And today, um, I want to go a little more hodgepodge with you, I guess Good. we could say. And so let's just go all things sex, Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> kind of a great title, I think. Um, but a couple of things that have kind of stood out to me, just kind of following along, uh, with your journey, some of the other stuff that I've heard you or, or, or seen you that you've written, um, 
we come into this topic as as human beings with a lot of naivete, a lot of misinformation, uh, you know, a lot of well, what's supposed to be normal? You know, we're always kind of got this measuring stick, if you will. And I'm curious, what are some of the biggest things that you see with the people you work with and the and the conversations you have that are, you're like, okay, hold on, let's kind of get some good information in front of you first, and then we'll go from there. What what are some of these repeated messages you keep coming across? Yeah. Um, well. For me, the most important one is the one I put on page one of my book, because I figured if people don't read any farther than page one, they're going to get this message. Right. And page one of my book is a couple comes to see me and I say, okay, tell me about foreplay. What kind of foreplay do you like? And what do you usually do? And she says, well, you know, I touch him and then he touches me. And I go, wait, wait a minute, wait, 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 what are we really talking about here? You and I know what they're talking about. It's that she strokes his genitals and he strokes her genitals, and then they have intercourse. Right. Um, which is unfortunately how many, many couples do foreplay. Yeah. The thing that's wrong with it is that it's goal-oriented. Okay. It's the goal of uh, taking the genitals from a quiescent state to an aroused state. And that's not what you want to be doing. Okay. You don't have any goal at all. Right. Because as you know, I'm sure, um, we have kind of two basic mental activities as people. We have thinking and doing on the one hand, um, which are active, and we have experiencing and awareness on the other hand, which is not active. Okay. It's fundamentally passive. So the first thing I like to say is that you don't want to just be doing when you get into bed. You want to be experiencing. You want to be opening your senses. So I tell people, you know, a couple of minutes of just kind of lying there doing nothing at first and just taking your own temperature and uh, seeing how your body feels. That can make a remarkable difference. And when you get into foreplay, you really just want to experience and enjoy your partner's body as it is. Right. You don't necessarily just want to be accomplishing a goal. Right. That's the first thing that's wrong with that kind of sex. Um, I joke in the book, I say, as I'm listening to this, I image creeps into my head from my suburban childhood before I moved to Manhattan, where it was a guy trying to start up a gas lawnmower and he kept pulling the cord and pulling the cord. And so the, the section is entitled, your wife is not a lawnmower. It's not just a question of trying to pull a cord in the right way to get the whole thing to, to start. Right. The second thing that's wrong with that is that it's fixated on the physical body. So let's get some hardness, let's get some wetness, and that way we can do it. Right. And the problem with that is you can get hard and wet and still have really bad sex. Totally. In order to understand that, I don't get to this till chapter nine in my book, um, which is different ranges of arousal. You know, if you could clock how aroused you are in terms of, let's say, how many IQ points you've lost. So if you're very, very aroused, you've lost a lot of IQ points, you don't know what time it is, you hardly know what your name is. If the phone rings, you don't care if the person on the other end is dying. You right. don't care. You just want them to go away. And right. leave you Why are you interrupting my state of being right now? Right? Exactly, because you're functioning at a very infantile level. Right. And you know, it's like a two-year-old. They're at a birthday party. They've got ice cream in their mouth, and they're wearing a funny hat, and they want everybody to go, yay. And that's basically where we all live when we're very aroused. Um in order to really get to that state, let's say on a scale, a scale of zero to 100, we're talking about 40 or above. Um, so that's really important. You're not going to have good sex unless you're at that level of arousal. 
Okay. It's really typically someplace special. Unfortunately, most people do that kind of lawnmower sex where they're getting to a state of arousal where the genitals respond, and that's usually a level of about 20. So you can get hard and wet, and you're still not really into it. And a right. lot of people have that experience. They get hard and they're wet. They're still not really into it, but everything's functioning. And if they're wired that way, maybe they can each have an orgasm that way. But the orgasms are not really much to write home about right. because the quality of an orgasm is usually dependent on the degree of arousal that went into it. So if you have an orgasm at an arousal level of 60, now that's an orgasm. If you have one at an arousal level of 20, it's not going to be for much. So a lot of couples do this kind of thing where they're just focused on this goal of let's get hard and wet, let's have sex, let's give an orgasm so we can get to sleep. And then they miss the whole thing and they wonder why they don't have sexual desire. Yeah. The reason is because the sex that they were having isn't worth desiring. Well, of course. Yeah. Because what you're describing it is it's mechanical. It's, a, exactly. it's so, all just a process you, of function. You and I know about this but because uh, we're professionals. But uh, a lot of people don't know this. I always ask guys in my office because I'm a, a guy and there are not that many male sex therapists. Um, and I always say, you know, when you're touching your partner's body, um, you're touching your wife's body, are you touching it for your pleasure or for hers? And they all say, oh, for her pleasure. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I go, well, you're supposed to know what she likes. But you don't want to be motivated by a desire to do a good job. Instead, you want to be motivated by passion. And passion is really kind of selfish because it's infantile. Okay. And so I'll have a, you know, one of the big uh, steps forward that happened in the sex world over the last couple of decades is that men found out what the clitoris was right. and where it was. Right. And that was important. And that's really nice. I wouldn't want to go back. However, the problem now is you got a lot of guys in their 20s and 30s who are the, the children of feminists um, who feel very responsible for giving their partner pleasure. And they've read all the books that say you should do this and you should do that. And you should do this. And I've got an unending series of women coming into my office going, I am bored out of my mind. <laughs> and the problem is that there's no passion. in it. OK. Both women want to experience a man's passion. And you don't experience the man's passion if he's just trying to technically get everything done right. Right. No, okay, that, that, again, falls in the mechanicals category, right? We'll be right back with more of our conversation right after this. So, Pam, we've had a long-term sponsor now mm -hmm. for the shows, and that's BetterHelp.com. Mm -hmm. That's H-E-L-P. And one of the things I absolutely love is there are all kinds of times in life where there's something that prevents our happiness or achieving our goals, mm -hmm. or we're facing loneliness. Mm -hmm. So it's good to know that BetterHelp will help assess your needs and match you to your own licensed professional therapist. And in many cases, you can start communicating with somebody in under 48 hours. That's great. That is. It's not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. This is actually professional counseling done securely online. So are these folks that they do things that are different than you? You focus on couples... Uh, men, adults, that kind of thing. And this is well, actually, a variety of other counselors that hit all kinds of other gamuts? Or how yeah, is that yeah. different? And some of them would actually do what I do as well. And so okay. this is actually one therapist recommending other therapists Wonderful. because one of the things that matters to me is that this is a service that's available worldwide. Mm -hmm. And it's also one, it's a service that matches you with the right therapist because not all people will jive with my style right. or my thought. 
some other people like a female might want a female to right? talk to. Definitely. And that's a reality. And so I am a big proponent and BetterHelp has been so successful lately that there are over 1 million people who have taken the charge of their mental health with the experience, the help of an experienced professional. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many people that have been using BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states Wow! to help meet the need. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier, healthier life today. You can visit betterhelp.com forward slash SMR. That is betterhelp.com forward slash SMR. And listeners will get 10% off their first month. It's a special offer just for our audience. That's betterhelp.com forward slash SMR. Take charge of your life with the help of a professional today. So I, I do have a, have you come across the phrase, because you kind of started off with this conversation on, uh, let's talk about foreplay and, and describe it. And, you know, and so have you ever come across, this is the phrase I love, is foreplay is the determinant of the type of sex that's about to follow. Absolutely. It comes from the late David Schnorch. Yep. Um, where he says, uh, uh, he died just a couple of weeks ago. I know. Um, and he, he says foreplay is where the level of intimacy in the sex gets started. And by that, I'm, I imagine what he means is the level of openness to experience and opening yourself to the other person and really enjoying the other person. So absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Right. Statement. And you're already putting a little line of demarcation in a sense, or actually a better state, it would be a fork in the road of I can either go into this part of my process with, a, with my partner mechanically or I can go into it experientially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and many people have had the experience where they're having sex or they're involved in some kind of intimate thing. And at some point they may look their partner in the eyes and meet the gaze and go, wow, there's really another person here. <laughs> yeah. When'd you get here? <laughs> when'd you get here? Yeah. Right. And so, you I mean, you're, you're kind of painting this picture of this otherworldly kind of experience, right? That this this is out-of-body, uh, spiritual awakening. You know, there's a lot of different terminology I think we could put that, to kind of help capture it, and there's probably not a real clean one to capture well, it I, all. I think it's, it's it, but anyhow, I'm, I'm anticipating to get to the question. But yeah, so my question is, how do you move from mechanical to that beyond just the, you know, slow down, take my temperature, kind of ease into it, don't be formulaic, let it unfold, follow the connection. You know, there's a lot of different things, yeah. but it almost seems like we're all feeling around in the dark out there. Okay, and I would say you're not, um, especially if you're a religious person. Okay. I was thrilled to hear that so many people in your audience are religious people because I'm a religious person myself. Mm-hmm. And the book is a religious book, as you know, from yep. having read it. Yep. Um, and uh, I got a lot of heat from that. In my own community, which is a very, very leftist community, I'm not a leftist, but the community of sex therapists is very, very leftist. Right. Um, I was up for a book award and it didn't get it because it had religion. That's a no-no. You can't do that in the sex therapy community, but I did it. Um, and the reason I did it is because as a religious person and a married person, I think they're very, very similar activities. Okay. Um, so you get married, you meet your partner, you're inspired. It's the same thing when you find religious inspiration. You're inspired. Mm-hmm. It comes naturally. Everything seems magical. The world seems kind of uh, all of a sudden illuminated. And you understand everything. And as everybody knows who's religious, it doesn't last forever. 
eventually you're sitting there in your place of worship and going, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> this has become very formulaic and, and mechanical. Exactly. exactly. So my own approach when that happens, when I can remember, because I'm human, obviously, but um, when I can remember is I say, God, you know, I know you're out there somewhere um, and hit me. I, 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 I got nothing here. Um, and so what you do is you open yourself up to it. Okay. Um, so well, the, what I define in my book, it's in chapter 16, um, which uh, I think is called mindfulness, heartfulness, and prayer or something like that, um, is like a lot of people who think about religion, uh, uh, people have noted, I'm not the first, there's something very paradoxical about prayer. You know, if you think of it traditionally as uh, asking for something you want, because uh, presumably the creator already knows what you want. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing? He's right. Here. right. So um, I think a, a, a more interesting idea of prayer is that the blessings are around you all the time. And what you're doing when you pray is you're making yourself into a fitting vessel to receive them. Okay. Saying, I would like to receive the inspiration that I know is there all around me. And let me see what I need to do to tune myself up so that I can receive it. And I think it's the exact same thing. Okay. Um, the technique, which I talk about in the book, um, I call the two-step. Yep. Instead of as an alternative to the sex day. And instead of making a date at, at the 10 p.m. Thursday night after the kids go to bed to have sex, you make a date Thursday night, 10 p.m. to go to bed, take off your clothes and do nothing. Yeah. And you just there and you're just going to turn from thinking and doing to just awareness and experiencing. And um, you're going to uh, uh, just see where you're at and just be find the moment because we don't usually think in terms of moments. Nope. There is a moment there. So you find the moment. And then that's step one. And then in step two, you turn to your partner. So we're going to bed to two steps. Right. And to me, it's the exact same sequence as in prayer. The first step is, where am I? Yeah. Um, what am I doing here? Um, what, where can I find inspiration in this moment? And then once I find it, then I can pray. Yeah. And I, I love that. I remember reading this and I love the sophistication of that because you're talking, because you're talking about the concept. Cause this is the one of the things on a, on a religious side you know, how often do we get caught up in this mess of, okay, I got to get myself in order before I then come to the Almighty to pray, rather than, no, 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 it's all part of my experience. He knows it's, a, exactly. it's, it's, it's going on, so why don't I own it, acknowledge it, even if it's not all good, exactly. bring it, and then open yourself to, okay, here, what is my relationship here? What's going on? What am I, what's my urging? What's my prompting? What's my drive or desire or gift? You know, there's a lot of different things that could come out of those experiences rather than thinking I got to get everything in order before I can actually bring it, which don't we do that in sex too often too of like, wait, I got to get my mind right. And I got to get the atmosphere and everything perfect rather than no, no, no. Why don't I just bring myself to it to start and then see what happens. Wherever you're at. Yeah. Wherever you're at. I kind of developed this. One of the ways I developed these ideas is, uh, um, uh, I was one of these guys who, after we had kids, I was acutely miserable um, because as almost every man knows who's heterosexually married, after you have kids, you're not going to get as, as much attention right. as you have before, before kids. And, uh, and I didn't get any attention at all. And so 
Um, what I discovered is that in order to have a good physical experience with my wife, I really need 10 minutes of complaining again. Um, and she was patient enough and, and insightful enough to know that I needed this. Okay. And she could just lie there and complain for 10 minutes. And then I felt fine. And then we could do whatever we were going to do. Okay. Um, but that was where I was at. Yeah. And wherever you're at, which, whatever you Which do, you're not going to find that on a Hallmark card of, you know, <laughs> here's, here's the optimum way to grade sex. 10 minutes of complaining. <laughs> and I actually put that in the book. It's in chapters, chapter 10. Right. It's a chapter about when women lose desire. Right. And she literally finds that she has to really complain for a while before she can really get in the mood. Yeah. That's just what she needs to do. Well, and, and that's it. Cause this, this is the thing that I hope that at least people in the SMR nation are, if they're not familiar with you and your work and the, just this conversation is their first entry into it. I hope they start recognizing this has nothing to do with formula. Right. right. Other than starting, <laughs> if you will. Right. That it's just kind of opening yourself up, engaging, seeing where things go. I don't have to always put a roadmap of, OK, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. And then off to, I'm off to never, you know, euphoria or whatever. Yeah. But but it's just recognizing that a lot of times it's just why don't I this is what you alluded to with Schnarch's work, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um is, is that idea of when you open your eyes and realize, whoa, there's another person here that, exactly. that I can experience, that it isn't just an act, it's it's an experience. And exactly. One problem, though, is that there is a formula. Okay. Uh, in my book, I call it the conventional script. And the conventional script is a little bit like the conventional script for traditional couples dancing. The woman is going to look beautiful and alluring, and the guy is going to be a great dancer. He's going to ask her to dance. He's going to initiate everything that they do. And he's going to twirl her around and everything's going to be fabulous. And that's the script. Okay. If you find yourself deviating from that script, usually you experience anxiety. Okay. The guy says, oh, I just want to kind of lie here and just kind of enjoy your body. And many women will say, oh, that sounds very nice. And some women will say, hey, well, aren't you going to do something? You know, they just, the conventional script is always kind of there, kind of hovering. Okay. For instance, I encounter some men, many, many men in my practice, whose principal problem in their marriage is that they are passive. Right. They tend to be kind of passive people. That doesn't work very well in the conventional script. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. And so it's a real, it's a real thing. And the guy can say, can we just kind of lie here and we just enjoy each other? And the woman goes, oh, what are you doing? You know? Right. Um, on the one, so we really have both things going on at the same time. People trying to live out the conventional script. Um, and at the same time, um, they're trying to actually uh, feel authentically aroused. And they yeah. don't always go together. Yeah. You see this a lot of times with guys. Um, the guy will... Uh, uh, be nervous, uh, maybe even worried about uh, his erection. And then his wife says, you know, my period just started. And he feels fabulous. He loves that because now he doesn't, he's not bound to the conventional script. Now he can just kind of enjoy her and so forth. Because guys, usually they're bound to that script. Oh, well, I mean, you're, you're talking about a lot of just 
generational, you know, there, there's so many different factors I think that play into this, right? That, yeah. that, cause we all come into things, even if we don't really know, we still have an idea or a hope yeah, or absolutely. some conventional thought of, yeah, this is I what's supposed to happen. Social. I don't think it's just social. I think part of this is hard, hardwired. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So before we wrap up this, this, this segment of it with you, I'd love for people, if they want to find more of you, uh, Point them in the right direction. How do they find more? How do they find you? Um, just the love worth making. So it's love making, but the worth word worth stuck in the middle. So love worth making. You just Google that and you'll get to me and you'll get to my book. Perfect. Well, Stephen, uh, it's so good to connect with you again thus far. And I look forward to pivoting Excellent. here in just a minute. Okay. Good. I'm so grateful that there are so many voices in this field mm-hmm. and so many takes and insights and mm-hmm. but yet they can also all kind of bleed from the same resources right like there are there's not a whole lot of branches in the tree in in a lot of ways right right if we're trying to really help people be better right and and just experience what what marriage and sex can be mm-hmm. and anytime i get a chance to have a conversation with steven mm-hmm. uh that's just valuable time that's just fun mm-hmm. so I hope you hung with us all the way through. And if you missed the how is your communication actually ruining your sex because you didn't catch the extended content, jump on board. SMRNation.com forward slash SMR Academy. Yeah, you're not going to regret getting that good information. Give yourself a Christmas present <laughs> and your marriage Christmas present. Right, exactly. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, again, personal plea. For those of you that are part of the SMR Nation We want you to be a part of episode 500. Mm -hmm. So for the next week and a half, phone lines are open, 214-702-9565. Leave us a message of your wins, your praises, your successes. And you can also email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, we thank you again each and every week that you take some time and spend it with us. And we'll see you next time.